Attention! The following podcast may contain topics not suitable for a younger audience. Also, anything discussed on this program is subject to being spoiled, so if you don't want to be spoiled, we'll try our best, but no promises. For more information on Borderline podcast episodes or Borderline panels events, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash borderlinepanels. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Borderline Podcasts. Uh, thanks for stopping by with us today. Uh, I'm Austin, your host. I'm back from uh, from absence last week whenever Ryan and John did their special show, which was pretty awesome. You guys should go back and check it out. Uh, they talk about a lot of cool gaming stuff. Uh, Ryan, do you want to uh, talk about that for just a second? So John and I are the two major gamers of the group, so we decided that we wanted to talk about video games for a bit, and I can also validate Austin's statement from earlier. It is totally awesome. And we decided to call it Two Guys in Video Games, or TGs and VGs, because we wanted, to be, we wanted to be catchy. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's a perfectly fine title. But we basically talk about various video game topics for roughly an hour, mm-hmm. and we initially intended to have it be half an hour, and then we realized we have a lot of thoughts. So It totally happens, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of thoughts about this uh, particular podcast, too, because we're talking about something that is a uh, really... Uh, excellent phenomenon that we all got to experience recently, um, and that is getting to see um, Makoto Shinkai's Your Name. And I totally forgot to tell you guys who is in this podcast episode. Obviously, Ryan is here today, but Hello. we also have Tori. Hello. And Andrew. Yo. Hey. So um, today we're going to be talking about uh, Your Name, which we all got to see fairly recently. Uh, Tori and I went to see it um, again for the second time, maybe two days ago. And uh, Ryan and Andrew, you saw it. When did you guys? Well, uh, you saw it uh, this week, too. I saw Andrew. it on Thursday. On Thursday? Okay. We Which all week? saw Your Name in April. What? Stop. Stop. <laughs> your Name in April. Stop. Oh. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Be gone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I had to. That's okay. At least um, once. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and um, I'm, I'm a, personally a longtime Shinkai fan. I've been following him for... Um, for many years, I first saw five centimeters per second, probably back in like I don't know, 2011 or something like that. Um, and I thought it was just a fantastic film, and I've been um, slowly getting into his um, his filmography since then. And uh, Tori and I watched uh, Garden of Words a couple of weeks ago, and um, and uh, I, I hadn't seen that yet, and that was a that was another great film. But um, we'll talk about that in a, in a minute as well. Other notable one is Voices of a Distant Star. Yeah, his, uh, I don't, I think that might have been, that was his, um, the one that he made, like, entirely by himself, I believe, if I understand that correctly. Uh, like, he did basically all the animation, all the storyboarding and everything. And that probably explains why the character designs are so janky. Um, but it's, it's still pretty good. It's a good story. But, um, Your Name has kind of been, like, a pretty, like substantial worldwide phenomenon like um it ended up being the uh the highest grossing anime film worldwide of all time uh making 353 million dollars worldwide um which is pretty outstanding um 
fun little fact that I learned, it actually did not premiere in Japan. It premiered at Anime Expo last July. Yeah. So I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, right now, as it stands, um, I think it's been out in U.S. theaters for three weeks, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's made uh, over $4 million here, which, is, which makes it the 12th highest grossing excuse me the 12th highest grossing anime film in the united states does um spirited away still hold that title oh yeah okay. definitely does spirit away did this beat spirited away in japan overall because i know people were talking about it might doing that but i don't i didn't look if it actually ever did it didn't um it did not um it, i think it's i think it's number four in That's japan still crazy. Um, i thought it beat spirited away. i thought it was the number one Mm-mm, it's not. Oh, it's number one globally. But yeah, number not yes. In Japan. Oh, okay. Not specifically in Japan. Okay. In in Japan, if I understand it correctly, it's uh, their their d- domestic box office is like Spirited Away, Titanic, Frozen, Your Name. Mm-hmm. So it's still like incredibly high. Um. So I mean, I mean, Spirited Away still sells pretty consistently. I mean. Um, a lot of times during like, like holiday seasons, during summers, like it'll still be on the charts mm-hmm. with other Ghibli movies as being you know common purchases. Oh yeah, definitely. It's certainly an evergreen title. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see um, here in the states they're releasing a few uh, Ghibli movies this summer again in theaters, yeah. and Spirited Away is one of them. So I'm curious how well they're actually going to do with an audience more. Uh, accustomed to anime now compared Mm. to when it came out yeah um there's a bunch of theaters all over the u.s that do like ghibli festivals and uh there's one uh near us that's doing one uh this summer um so that might be something that we might attend and be pretty fun um i've seen a good handful of ghibli films at theaters i've had that uh that uh wonderful privilege to be able to do that and it's always uh it's always a great time but um so your name let's just talk about let's just jump right into it um so andrew you were actually in japan yeah whenever this film was like still like happening in japan and um so can you can you tell us a little bit about like what that was like um so when i was in japan um there was this uh this isolation with um with anime um it wasn't really something, I guess, for the pub- the general public's consumption. Um, like, most people who I talked to hadn't seen, you know, even a quarter of what had I had seen as far as anime goes. It was that very niche kind of market. And people were like, oh, you know, you watch a lot of anime. And one of my friends, uh, Shion, he said, oh, I can't watch a lot of anime. My parents would get mad at me, right? It- it's associated with, like, you know, being childish, I guess, a lot of the time. Well, it's not very different from here. Right, right. But, you know... Uh, America has a, like a, I guess a lot more nerd stuff. Like it's becoming more mainstream here. But as far Definitely. as as far as your name goes, it's one of those movies where you could take like a date to see it and it not be weird. Um, it's it's a little bit like how you would treat a Disney movie. Like you're not gonna sit and watch like like thirty episodes of of uh, I don't even know American shows that well. But like Breaking like, Bad. Or, I don't no, know. like they're like thirty <laughs> episodes of like Secret Squirrel. Right. Yeah. And but and then and you're like you're not gonna do that, um, but you might still go see Beauty and the Beast in theaters, right? It's mainstream. It's popular, so it's it's gonna be more accepted, I guess. And it's it, like it doesn't have all of that like anime stuff. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like none of, like the maids or like the giant robots or like the weird. Um, actually, no, it does have that. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't actually get a lot as far as your name goes, just mm-hmm. because it was a movie that people went to see, but they didn't really like talk about it that much, if that makes sense. Okay, but they were still like, it was still part of the public yeah, consciousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, were, like, yeah, like, I would go down it. to the local movie theater, and it would be like one of the most prominent posters up. So it was definitely popular, definitely, mm-hmm. you know, getting the word out there mm-hmm. as far as uh, Shinkai goes. But mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually, that's not the first time that that's happened either. Um, I was doing I was doing some reading on five centimeters per second after I watched it the other night, and one of the more famous uh, Japanese movie reviewers, um, he said back when this when that came out that it was an anime movie for adults, which again plays into what you were right. saying, like it's considered to be more childish, but again it was a very popular movie over there and it was very well received because it was it, it was digestible by adults, like they considered it to be a real film that just happened to be animated Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so shinkai has a habit of doing that it seems he does um he really just makes stories like really just human stories about people um that aren't about sort of fantasticism particularly um in this in a similar way that that miyazaki does i mean they're they're incredibly different people and their goals in filmmaking are very very different um, Miyazaki is very much about like, um, like social problems and environmental problems and like uh, all of this like subtext that he puts into his films and um, wanting to sort of use his films to show like the breadth of like fantasticism and imagination and uh, Shinkai does that too, um, but his stories are more about like the connections between like individuals and uh, the distances between individuals. Uh, which is definitely something exemplified, particularly in uh, five centimeters per second, um, but also in uh, in your name as well, um, because we see two two people or two individuals that are you know very distant and then become basically the closest you can ever be, which is like being another person basically. Yeah. Like how how much closer do you get than that to another person? You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> So, um, apparently, uh, Shinkai was very influenced by, um, like, some traditional Japanese literature for this film, and, uh, manga like Ranma One Half, and, um, a manga called, uh, Inside Mari, which I had not heard of until I, um, uh, did a little bit of reading for this podcast, and it's, uh, another manga by the same, uh, author as, uh, Aku no Hana. Has anybody read Aku no Hana? I know I've, I got. I've heard of it's it. Lot of I people, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like just yeah. a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of, it kind of that title sort of soured people with that strange anime adaptation that came out a couple of mm-hmm. years ago with the really janky uh, animation. It was rotoscoped, right? Something like that. If it wasn't rotoscoped, it certainly looked like it. Mm. It was really fairly gross looking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I haven't seen it, so I really can't speak too too much about it but um tori we watched uh, garden of words uh mm-hmm. shinkai's film that he made right before your name um right. in 2013 i believe as well or rather and um so how did how did you think your name stood up to uh garden of words i enjoyed your name a lot more um i, I honestly still think it has to do with the fact that we watch garden of words in english <laughs> because uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and like that huge emotional climax at the end was just like ruined because the voice acting was so awkward Do you know who it was no 
Who what was? Who the like the voice actor? I don't keep up with American ones. voice actors. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, yeah, and I felt bad that we watched the English version because we realized that Kana Hanazawa was the main I know, lady. Yeah. And I love her. She's amazing. And Wasn't she um who is she? Um is she? she's Akane in Psychopaths, she's Sengoku in Monogatari, she's um Oh, she was Kanade in Angel Beats, wasn't she? Uh maybe. Oh, I'm not okay. sure maybe. Um and she's um Henri in uh Durarara. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, uh, Sentai Filmworks, if you're listening, uh, we love you, but your dubs can sometimes be 5 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> just just saying. <laughs> Keep up the good work, but get good. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a thought on um, what Tori said about n- not enjoying it as much as your name. From what a lot of people have said, um, between Voices of a Distant Star, 5 centimeters per second, and Garden of Words, your name takes the best aspects yeah. of all of those which is why it's so successful because everybody has praised Shinkai's work as being good, but they've always said it's not a 10 out of 10 because it's missing something. Mm. Like, 5 centimeters per second was lacking the character depth. Um, Garden of Words was lacking something. Uh, Voices of a Distant Star was lacking the emotional depth. Just, it was always missing that one piece and your name combined all of that all of the good aspects of all of his previous mm-hmm. works, which is why it's so successful, and it has a complete, like, package. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, it's it, it was interesting after watching your name. I had I had watched Voices of a Disney Star like a very long time ago, and then watched your name twice in theaters, and then went back and watched Five Centimeters. I could definitely see a progression. Like he definitely improved, which is a good thing. It's definitely a good thing for filmmakers, mm-hmm. but. It, it did kind of stunt my enjoyment of five centimeters a little bit. Fair enough. Um, you know, Shinkai's catalog is is um, sort of unique in the sense that it's very much like a portfolio where you can see like the progression of an artist. Uh, where his early stuff, you know, it starts out really rough. Like Tori, you and I were watching. Um, oh gosh. Um, Place promised in our early days. That one. That was um, really boring. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it was it was weirdly paced, and there was yeah. all this technical jargon, and it's like he was trying to do like a bunch of different genres at once. What, what, what kind of technical jargon? What do you mean there? Like Evangelion style, like we're gonna shout out all of this like weird science terminology that doesn't actually exist. Necessarily. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's like I mean I understand why techno jargon exists for plot because you want to sort of. Have, especially if it's something like mecha or sciencey related, you it's want world it, building. It's world building, and it's like credibility to like make your science work and not be like bleh. You know what I mean? Like just. But doing it was throwing it. out too much of it. It was throwing out too much of it, and it was okay. so obvious. Um, it just sounded like techno jargon, and whenever mm-hmm. techno jargon sounds like techno jargon and not like actual science helping the plot and explaining things okay. it just sounds weird was it like dexter's lab type of yeah, kind of you know like yeah. that weird like american type of 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 uh dub over would like they have like the random words that don't mean anything but they're used like for... i mean no i mean they were using like, what... did they, like did they were they actual things I mean, I assume, I don't know that much about okay. science and technology <laughs> and rocket science, Join but anyway, it's not not really the point, but no, anyway. None of us are physics majors. <laughs> of course yeah. not. It's not really the point. Um, but yeah, that that film or um, series, I guess, because it's like weird shorts, um, 
it, it had a couple of things that I thought it was um, doing pretty well, but it struggled in the character animation department, just like Voices of a Distant Star, and um, and uh, a couple of pacing issues. But you know, I can I can you know put all of that aside just to be like this is part of an artist sort of finding himself and his stepping stones towards making uh, himself better as a filmmaker. Um, and I can appreciate that, uh, looking back, seeing what he has done with Your Name and just how incredible it was, and um, comparing it to his older things just to see how far he's come. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. It's uh, pretty cool to see. Whereas if you look at something like Hayao Miyazaki's portfolio, like The Castle of Cagliostro, like his very first film that he directed is so solid still a great movie it is and it's it, like boom 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 exactly like that that film holds up perfectly to his the entire rest of his catalog and there are other films there are films by miyazaki that i think are are not as strong as others but mostly for me that's personal preference not because of like quality or anything like that it, it seems to be a personal preference with, because miyazaki's film his catalog is just so deep yeah. that you're not gonna love everything so it's just kind of natural for that definitely but um let's see so i think one thing that uh shinkai does really well in his films is like building characters from the inside out <laughs> um like <laughs> somewhat literally with uh with your name um and um I think that's really cool because he he focuses mainly on like the uh, the emotions of the characters and get really getting their personalities across and I think your name is the best example of that. Uh, Garden of Words did that as well, but I think the major flaw with Garden of Words was the fact that it was so short. Like Tori, yeah. you and I are the only ones in the group that have seen that, but but what did what did you think was like the major flaw of Garden of Words? Like I know you said you didn't really like the dub, but. Mm -hmm. But I, I know you didn't like it as much as your name. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could have seen more from the characters. Like, not not that the character development was bad by any means, but, um, I mean, I felt like, I felt bad for the teacher, like, as they started progressing through her story, like, I, I felt kind of bad, but at the same time, it was just kind of like, get it together, you're an adult. <laughs> and, like, the, the main boy, um, you could tell he was really passionate about Shoes. Like what he did, <laughs> yeah, and he was very proud of his work, mm -hmm. and that was cool. Mm -hmm. um, but as, hmm. I mean, they could only do so much considering it was like it was like forty five forty five minutes. minutes. Yeah. The manga was just one volume, wasn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the manga, I mean, it wasn't an adaptation. The manga was written afterwards. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I try to keep things like that in consideration, like because they can only do so much in forty five mm -hmm. minutes. It's not like they can, you know, make these crazy deep complex characters mm -hmm. and like world build from the ground up and um yeah and um like your name is an hour and 57 minutes i mm -hmm. think mm -hmm. yeah it, it's the longest out of all of his things yeah. yeah and thank goodness so um because like i don't know if your name had been any shorter i think it would not have been as strong like he really needed right. that definitely time. Yeah. like actually now that you mentioned that that's actually pretty much the common trend i've seen with all of his films because voices of a distant star was a one shot it was like 24 minutes and that was it it gave you development but not that much mm -hmm. 
you felt for the characters, but it didn't really have any climax. It was just like, yeah, our life is just going to keep continuing like mm-hmm. this for God knows how long. Five centimeters per second did... It, it was a little longer. It was a it was a, technically a movie, but I look at it more of like a an OVA series because yeah. it has three distinct episodes right. that are each like 22 minutes. But the big problem I had with that is... It focused mostly on Takaki, which he was clearly the main character of the story, but you don't see Akari, the main girl, at all in the second act, which to me kind of took away from the impact of the third one. Like, it showed that they were kind of still thinking about each other, but she had clearly moved on with her life while he hadn't, and I felt like it would have been better to get her perspective as well, but since it was only three episodes we didn't get a fourth like ex- like focusing specifically on her mm-hmm. so and you just said that you wanted more from garden of words mm-hmm. so it seems like lack of time is a common problem yeah. with his original mm-hmm. works mm-hmm. well i've only seen the first episode of five centimeters so i don't know i was frustrated the entire time during it so. <laughs> I, I why think, yeah uh i don't know like the I just felt like the kid planned the trip so poorly. Yeah, I was like the only. Oh, <laughs> he was He's twelve. A child. I know, but like. <laughs> also, it was like inclement weather, weather that he didn't necessarily have control right, over. Right, but like, okay, oh, well, I guess to be well in my defense, I was just thinking of how like I was at twelve, and I was <laughs> like I was pretty much functioning as an adult at twelve. So. Tori could choose whether or not it snowed. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, like, never mind. No, no, it's it's not important. It's just, fine. I mean, the on. weather's been pretty bad lately, so that explains a lot. Yeah, it's, it's been fine. raining. But I mean, you know, talking about time constraint, I think that this is just indicative of that. You know, Shinkai is a big thinker. Mm, like yeah. he has like very big ideas, but the problem is, you know, whenever you think, and I guess the metaphysical, like in the in the metaphorical theoreticals, you you have a harder time putting that onto paper and mm. putting that into the medium. And, you know, these films require a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. They have to be drawn, you know, pain for pain, frame for frame. They have to be voice acted. There has to be music. Like, there's so many parts that come together, and it's the type of art that you can't make by yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, completely. Like, even in, in, um, uh, uh starred uh, I, I don't I, I don't remember the English Voices title. of a Different Star thank you thank you yeah, yeah Voices of a Different Star um, uh, even then you have to have voice actors like there's mm-hmm. no way to do it entirely by yourself mm-hmm. no matter how much you might want to and he, he for me whenever I saw your name he came off as I guess a very introverted type of director mm-hmm. like his stuff comes like from a very personal place mm-hmm. and whenever you work with other people that's, that's hard to mm-hmm. transition through mm-hmm. Even his comments on uh, on the success of the film would reflect that because he was kind of, I saw that he was getting annoyed with the success. Like he yeah. was saying, like, why is this such hype? This isn't even like what I wanted for the story, and we're all just like, all right, we still love it. I mean, seemed very claustrophobic. Yeah, a lot of artists, like I've seen plenty of musicians and plenty of just artists in general, really be taken aback by how popular their works get. But I think it's because, like, as someone who makes things too and you know i know a lot of people who make things as well you think your work's really terrible or like you'll you'll never you feel like you'll never get your vision across like the way you really really wanted to because some things just don't translate to 
paper or film or whatever medium you're working in. And it doesn't go from your mind to medium. Exactly. Yeah, well. we haven't invented that weird laser <laughs> thing yet. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. What, what was the thing from Futurama? The, uh, the hollow flute or oh something God, where it yeah. just like plays your thoughts. <laughs> but, um, your thoughts. <laughs> um, I feel like maybe that's kind of where he's coming from mm. is he just like unsatisfied as a creator with his work because it's not identical to what he's picturing at mm-hmm. it as in his head but everybody else sees it and they're like mm-hmm. whoa this is the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. <laughs> one thing that might be a possibility now that he is like fairly well known like a lot of people have been talking about five centimeters ever since uh your name came out because it's of course another one of his works now that he's a well-known director because of the overwhelming success of this he might get more resources to do his next project oh, yeah. so mm-hmm whatever he isn't has envisioned for whatever comes next might be even better than your name Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm very excited to see that yeah um i totally forgot that we should probably do this but ryan do you want to tell uh everybody what your name is about okay so without getting into too much spoiler territory now because god knows we will probably be spoiling a good chunk of this movie so you have been warned um your name focuses on two high school students a boy and a girl who occasionally switch bodies and it's a journey of their development with each other and their own lives and their problems while living another person's life and it comes together with a purpose in the end that it's not very clear until around the middle of the movie and it's overall just a love story yeah Mm -hmm. wrong it's a shot by shot remake of Lindsay lohan's freaky friday gosh (laughs) look i thought i I knew (laughs) i knew that was jamie lee curtis i knew it (laughs) yes seen it confirmed jamie lee curtis voice talkie oh my gosh (laughs) but i mean um i guess going back to that concept you know if you really think about it it's a very simple concept that in one form or another has been done you know, to death, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been struck by, like, 18 comets, at least. I'm sorry. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's just been done so many times, and there's even an article right after about, it was, like, um, lists of tropes that people are tired of, and mm-hmm. the whole Switching Body Freaky Friday episode was, was one of those things. But in spite of that, it did so well. Mm-hmm. It's like, I guess, transforming a very simple concept, just very slightly, and mm-hmm. then, boom, it's a big hit. It, the way they did it, it, it was very funny. Like Yeah, grabbing the boobs. Yes, that was so it was, funny. It was very realistic because it's yeah. just like, I would okay, it, it, a yeah. high school boy gets put in a high school girl's body. What do you think the first thing is he's I going mean, to do? I mean, not even just like that. You, you yes. just like, you look down <laughs> and there's just two like mounds there that weren't there before. And it's like, huh? It's just like, score, I got yeah. boobies, and, yes. And the same thing same thing for her. Yeah. What's the first thing she does? She grabs this junk because she's like, huh, is there something there? And then she screams bloody murder. <laughs> and like, I don't want to make this a junk cast, but I thought it was a little <laughs> bit off-putting when Taki didn't immediately go, hey, where did, did that thing go? Put that thing back where it came from, Marcel, help me. Oh, dear. Well, because the first thing he did was look down, and he's just like, uh, those weren't there before. Right. But, yeah, it's just like... The, the initial switch was handled in such a humorous way that it's like, it's not just going to be another, like, drama of a person trapped in another's body and not knowing what to do. Mm. Because some of the 
best jokes came out of that. Yeah, yeah and it, it was done in a, in, a, in a way that was, you know, honest and, and humorous, and it didn't, it didn't come off as creepy or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I appreciate that they sort of just went ahead and confronted that question that the audience... <laughs> Addressing they, the elephant in the room. Exactly. That the, the filmmaker, or the filmmakers knew that the audience was going to ask that question, so they just went ahead and answered it anyway, and they just used that to make some wonderful, like, small little fun moments. Yeah, and about that, the first time that you saw Mitsuha in uh, Taki's body, one of the best jokes in the movie, and unfortunately it's only really funny in the subbed version, and Mm -hmm. I I saw it both subbed and dubbed. I saw it dubbed at first, and uh, one of my friends told me about it when we saw it, and he's like, when it's subbed, that joke is significantly different. It's the it's the eye joke, Mm -hmm. which is when he's talking, or Mitsuha as Taki is talking to Taki's friends and she uses the feminine Japanese pronoun Watashi and they're just like wait what? She's like uh, I mean Watakushi which is slightly less Watakushi. feminine. She says Watakushi? Oh yeah, my god. Yeah. And then she's like uh, Boku and they're like nah and then she goes Ore and they're like yeah that's the one. <laughs> that's, that was really funny was, in, yes. in the sub. That was exceptionally funny. Mm-hmm. And in the dub that's just impossible. It is literally impossible yeah. to translate to English because we just say I. Yeah. But, but they did it in the... She's just like, a girl like me, and they're like, a what? And she's like, a, a gal? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, what? A guy? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't it just, as funny, but... No. It, right. It was still funny, but just... You have to understand the language, but in the sub, that was just one of the funniest jokes mm-hmm. in the movie to me. Yeah. They got the idea across, but it just didn't translate yeah. the humor, because it just wasn't literally. as funny. It's like, literally like impossible to translate. I mean, good good try, though. They they got past yeah. it, so... Yeah. But, I mean, uh, you know, like, just, I guess, for people who aren't too well-versed in, in Japanese pronouns, so, w- watashi, I guess, is, you know, it's kind of what foreigners use, so they don't have another word. Yeah. But as far as, like, women go, it's it's very, like... I guess I love Lucy, kind of. It's like, very it's like, feminine. It's like, yeah, it, it's feminine. And it's for like older because like she's she's a hick basically, right? Essentially. Yeah, yeah. So it's very much like older. And Watakshi is even worse because that's like old samurai, like a oh, Watakshi. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like in the in like the the, the the waga type of old. You know, like like she's not eighty. She Japanese never... old English. Yeah, ba- mm-hmm. basically, it's very close. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's not like an eighty-year-old man mm-hmm. or woman. She would never say Watakshi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you would say that, like, I guess maybe in a job interview, Mm -hmm. but, like, to say that to your friends, no. And it's also funny because in that montage when they're, like, you know, swapping back and forth between each other's bodies really quickly and they're leaving each other notes, um, like, Taki writes at some point, I think in Mitsuha's phone or something like that, uh, no dialect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was cute. That was very cute. So, obviously, at some point, maybe, um... Ataki's friends had told him that he referred to himself as a, as a girl multiple times <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something like that, um, which is just very very humorous. That or again, Osaka. Yeah. again or, the fact, yeah, 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 exactly. She, or something. <laughs> one, one thing hickish. that I, I noticed, yeah. especially um, when watching Attack on Titan, they use they use, they make Osaka basically like hicksville of japan so every time they're referencing osaka or they use like attack on titan wait attack on titan I, i'm getting to it oh um, <laughs> they refer thought. to they refer to osaka as like they use very hickish texas uh, yeah words <laughs> it's basically texas yeah mm-hmm. and on attack on titan sasha was from a 
uh, Hicksville town. Oh, right. So they started using those, and I noticed it again, and I noticed mm-hmm. some of those words were reused yeah. in the sub. Mm-hmm. So she, again, is from a very, like, rural area, so mm-hmm. he probably also meant, like, don't use your rural dialect, use... Right city words yeah. right which I sounds like, really weird to say out loud <laughs> i like how they handled it in the dub though like they didn't give um them uh such a thick accent like a thick southern accent like it was there it would have been really weird if they did that yeah. right but it was why am i switching like, bodies y'all <laughs> <laughs> what's it wasn't, going on it but wasn't I, like azumanga Dayo. Right, right and that's what i was about to say it's like certain dubs where they try to give them that southern accent and it just sounds terrible yeah and i think that adds a little bit to it as well as to like meets like um what is the town again um itamori Itamori. uh the fictional town where mitsuha is from um was i don't know it didn't even seem that far away from tokyo no maybe it it was a train ride like a train ride but it it was just it was very unpopulated yeah everybody knew each other japan doesn't really have that like distinction i guess Mm -hmm. like i you have to go a pretty far away spot from new york city i Mm -hmm. think to find anything that's like cows and old shrines Mm -hmm. it's more so along the lines of like they know where tokyo is but tokyo has no idea where they are right fair enough yeah and on the topic of um them leaving notes when they're switching bodies taki left her a note stop spending all my money i love that that was so great that cafe scene was my favorite yeah to me to me she earned that money because (laughs) she says that she's like she says that but also if you think about it i know you've done uh uh, service but <laughs> that that service scene gave me legitimate ptsd right it was real anybody being immediately thrust into the service industry and at night as nice of a place that taki was working at and she held her own for yeah. a full night without getting him fired yeah i was very you are every penny of that <laughs> yeah i was so impressed yeah, and yeah, I was I just like, to me that was a little unrealistic. I was just like, you're not going to be able to do that realistically, mm-hmm. but you did. You earned every penny of what you yeah. earned that right. night. Your penny. Yeah. <laughs> your penny. I don't know about you guys, but honestly, like, I walked away from your name thinking, like, Taki and Mitsuha are some of my favorite anime characters ever. God, I know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mentioned this actually last uh, last week in the podcast with me and John, but I don't judge anything as a favorite until I've watched it played it experienced it for at least a year yeah Mm -hmm. and then i'll reflect it but that's a good practice yeah it's because i've noticed a lot of things i've been like oh my god this is an instant classic i've gone back a year later and been like it's good but i probably was just hyped Mm -hmm. but yeah i i kind of agree with you like i could see them like me watching this a year from now because i'm I'm definitely buying the blu-ray this the day it is available same I really think that this is going to stand the test of time, and I really liked these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing about um, sort of modern anime that has come out in the last um, five or six years or so. It's that it seems to... I, I, I mean, I'm just saying this from the 2017 point of view, but it seems like anime that is coming out more recently is going to hold up a lot better than, like, let's say, stuff from 2007, because we were watching Bakano earlier, and... It looks good, the animation is fine, but it also has aged in the sense that it is not quite as detailed as things nowadays. Definitely not. Um, I mean, obviously Bakano is a different, and Bakano and shows like it are very different, because obviously that's a weekly airing TV show and not, like, a, a movie. Right. Uh, so movies are going to have significantly more um, more budget, uh, typically. Um, and gosh, like... 
And before anybody gets angry, Austin is not attacking Bacchano. No, no, I love Bacchano. It's a great show, but I'm, I'm just saying that there are ways in which it doesn't hold up, and there are plenty of ways in which it does. Yeah. So, Lieutenant, um, too. Yeah, exactly. And, and you go even back even further to the Cell animation days. Um, <clears throat> but, um, like, one thing that, that Shinkai has been, like, weirdly incredible with is, like, environment animation and just, God, yeah. and, like, textures and like infrastructure animation like um i before i even saw garden of words sort of it it became it got on my radar through you know people doing those like uh side by side comparisons of like real life pictures and gifs and images from garden of words and i'm just like this is incredible like there's barely a distinction here like if you look really close you can definitely tell one is animated one is a photo but He's just so good at capturing sort of, like, photorealistic drawings. Right, and I did notice that he's been pretty consistent with that. Like, in Voices of a Distant Star, space animations were pretty pretty good, especially for the time, because that was made a very long time ago at this point. I don't remember the exact year. Uh, 2003, I think, or maybe even earlier. I think that's right. But watching Five Centimeters, I noticed a lot of the landscapes were very resemblant of some of the ones used in Your Name. Granted, Mm -hmm. the ones in Your Name looked more modern, so they Mm -hmm. were better. But the influence was still there, and it still looked really good in Five Centimeters. Definitely. Uh, Does anybody want to talk about how amazing the Your Name soundtrack is? Yo. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I loved how they, like redid all the songs in English for the mm-hmm. English version. I thought that was just a neat I thought that touch. was an amazing yeah. touch. Yeah, that was very cool. I thought it was the Jonas Brothers at first. Shut <laughs> up. No. Jeez. I'm going to go Google Rad Wimps, Amer- Japanese equivalent of Jonas Brothers. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes asking, or no? Asking for a friend? <laughs> um, our friend Jesse uh, told me about that before we even went into the film. Um, we saw I saw the dub first and saw the sub afterwards and I loved the soundtrack in both. I was listening to both of them on Spotify for yes. like weeks. Spotify? Yeah. yeah, they're on Spotify. Yeah, they're on Spotify. Ooh. We actually found that out on the way home uh, the night from seeing it, mm-hmm. um, and we listened to it the entire way home. Yes. Yes. It was a good yeah. decision. I would cry. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the soundtrack, <laughs> it fit the... It's one thing to have a good soundtrack though, and I say this about a lot of games, it's one thing to have a good soundtrack because music at this point in like society, so many musicians are just good at music, it's another thing to have a good soundtrack and have it fit the scene emotionally mm-hmm. and just yeah. meld together in such a great way like this one did. Yeah, definitely. It, it seemed like the the lyricist for that band really had a grasp on um, sort of what the emotional texture of the film was going to be and how to convey that through music. And it just so happens that the music sounded just really excellent. So that's I, I thought awesome. of it as like a, as like a giant music video. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, it could have because like it started at the beginning like the music and then like kind of halfway through it had like a big music scene. Yeah, and then at the end, yeah. you know, they had like, like it mm-hmm. was like for me it felt like a giant music video, kind of like, like FLC yeah, yeah. ad for Pepsi. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about that actually <laughs> is like the music. I really like it when at the beginning of an animated movie they basically have their own like anime intro that's yeah. like three minutes of a song playing over. I love over. that so much. Yeah. yeah, and this one did that in such a way that the scenes that they showed had a different emotional impact for me in the beginning seeing them with the really upbeat intro track 
and then seeing them in context. Mm. For instance, the meteor. Yeah. Because oh. I realized that the second time through, it did, I didn't really pick up on it at first. I remembered seeing it, but I didn't remember right. when exactly. And it was in the intro montage. To, oh, it no. was like really yeah. pretty, and like it was playing when like the meteor split. It was playing over like this really like sweet song, and it's just like, oh look, that's a really pretty shot of a meteor shower. And then you didn't realize it was going to be a meteor shower <laughs> until like halfway shower. through the film. And I was like, uh oh. Yeah. That is yeah, significantly my... different in context. Yeah, my, my heart done broke. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, at least she suffered a, uh, a meteor death. Gosh. <laughs> no, she didn't because they, she's, she was saved. Which was spoilers. Yeah. yeah. But hey, yeah. Can I have my pizza a little meteor, please? <laughs> oh my gosh, please. But like the scene whenever he like went to that library and pulled out the book. Mm-hmm. Of the list of casualties. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. she was there. Like that whole trip, like his friend just like so thought painful. he was crazy. Like mm-hmm. I got like very like, like it seemed almost like a mental illness at first. Like, yeah. no, you're just crazy. You're imagining something. You're just yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. This, this desperate bachelor. And then, oh, hey, you're not full of crap after all. Wow. Which, let's be honest, like, all signs of him would point to that. He's been acting like he literally has a second personality right. lately. Yeah. And one of his friends noted multiple times, like, I'm worried about you. You yeah. are kind of going off on us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And... Then he's, like, starting to talk about this, like, town that was destroyed three years ago and just acting really sketchy about it. And, like, let's be honest, if I started yeah. doing that tomorrow, you would all be like, Ryan, this is an intervention. You no, need to stop okay. doing heroin. No, know you're switching bodies with a uh, girl. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's, you know, like, realistically, <laughs> realistically, yeah, they had every right to be worried about him. Right, and um, sort of going off that idea, I loved the idea of... It, I know it was very frustrating for the audience and it was very emotional for me too, but I loved the fact that they um, established how similar the switching bodies experience is for them to dreaming and how, you know, to their own detriment, like, we, we've all experienced dreams that were super vivid whenever we were experience, experiencing them and then we forget 95% of that dream, like, shortly after we wake up. Right. Unless you take... You know, special care to like keep a dream journal or something like or that. Some people do. Some yeah. people do, and that they it um, helps them retain like what happened in their dreams better. He did. Yeah, I know. He kind of did keep a dream. Well, they journal. they both started doing that and after they, they realized they, they were died. switching because they yeah. wanted to they wanted to well, remember and then yeah, time travel. It, I mean, I yeah. wouldn't say that was a dream journal because he was <laughs> he was keeping that like while he was or. She was keeping the journal while she was him. Well, they both like, started doing it for time. each other. Right, but in, anyway, um, you get what I'm saying, though. Right. Um, and I love the fact that they established that he did have have trouble, like, remembering that life. And, you know, I think it was the five-year time skip whenever he could barely remember anything except that feeling. Yeah, I thought, both, neither yeah. of them could remember the other. Right, and but they just remembered that there was something inside them that was missing. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to think about it for like the past hour, but mm-hmm. what that reminded me of at first, I thought it was very Madoka Magica, right, with mm-hmm. Homura. And I was like, that's not quite right. But then it hit me: the end of Angel Beats. Okay, remember? Go ahead. Oh, so at the end of Angel Beats, um, like the, you know, they're in the afterlife or whatever, and they get reborn, and it ends with the two main characters, you know, who don't know each other technically because mm-hmm. you know they met in that other way. Um, 
they were you know they were walking down the street in different directions and then one of them just kind of turns around and follows them and mm-hmm. that's all we see and i was like you know what where have i seen that before uh-huh. i guess whenever the staircase thing happened and i was like angel beats that's where it happened and mm-hmm. i guess that's why it it had such an impact on me just because mm-hmm. i had seen it in one of my favorite shows on the flip side of that, Ryan, do you want to talk about the comparison between the ending of Five Centimeters and the ending of Your Name? I was just about to mention that, actually. Please do. Yeah, so, spoilers for Five Centimeters, but general overarching plot, just so it, it's in context, there are these two who become friends in elementary school, but their families' lives force them to separate, and they they were in love with each other as much as 12-year-olds are in love with each other, and... Um, they tried to remain in contact, but life happens and they drifted apart, which, first of all, very real. I had a friend <laughs> yeah. in middle school who moved away and like we're still friends, but it's been so hard to keep in touch with him lately just because he's in Taiwan. Oh. Uh, yeah. But um Shout out to Ryan's friend in Taiwan. Shout Hi out Sam. To Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um So yeah, it's a very real movie, and he holds on to how he felt about her through his entire adult life or i say entire adult life but it only it it was that was the whole depiction it only really shows through age like 29 i think he was he doesn't he feels like he has no purpose and then they pass each other while crossing train tracks and they're both about to turn around and trains come and block their view of each other he stands there and waits for the trains to pass and once the trains pass she's gone and he just kind of smiles and realizes, like, I can move on, or at least that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Whereas your name, they both see each other on the train and are like, oh my god, I need to find that person right now because I'm reminded of, like, that feeling. Mm-hmm. And so they're both running around. They see each other on the stairs and not wanting to be weirdos to this total stranger standing in front of them. They're just like, huh. And they just kind of walk by... Then they both turn around to and are the li- despair of the audience. Yes, I was. Angry. I was so mad. I was I have, like gripping. I, I have seat, more like thoughts about armchairs. that. Yes, <laughs> I have more thoughts about that in a sec. Yeah, go ahead. But so, contrary, literally opposite of five centimeters per second, they Thank both goodness. turn around and are like, "I know you. How do I know you? What's your name?" And mm-hmm. then. Film ends. Title drop. Yeah. Title drop. <laughs> exactly. Now, I hate to be that person, but I kept thinking of, of that one bit in Family Guy when it's like whenever they say... I know you give me a weird look, Ryan, but like whenever they they made that bit about like whenever they say the name of a film in oh film, yeah it was like oh there it is yes yes I, I 100% I that, I agree so with you every time that happens and I'm with people I do that bit I'm just like ah they said it they there said it is there yeah. it is it's your name you're, uh, you're com- I thought you were going for like Family Guy did a similar bit on the stairs and I was like what, what? are you talking about yeah yeah like I, I don't want to be that like in that catalog of like random Family Guy skits used in every single <laughs> social situation. Out of every 100 that, jokes that Family Guy does, one is funny, and that's the one. Yeah. Well, that joke that's in particular. Generous. It is. That joke in particular has become a meme. Like, mm-hmm. people will just insert that into clips, uh, like, in a movie. But, like, yeah, Tori, when we, were, when we were talking last night about when Rick says, We are the walking dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're getting, we're getting into Tangent Town. Yeah. So, I, I still got to finish that paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, so they were literally polar opposites. And to me, after seeing that in Five Centimeters, I was like, I'm left with such like an ambivalent feeling. Like, I'm kind of sad, but I'm not like 
sad sad but i'm also kind of happy because i feel good like i feel good he can move on but it was just such like an empty feeling at the end of five centimeters whereas your name i was like happy for them i was like thank god mm-hmm. it's a happy ending i was gonna scream yeah this <laughs> okay. five centimeters is literally the sad your name in a, like in many that ways, is yeah that is how i and apparently a lot of the people on the internet i am not stealing that i thought of that before i started googling <laughs> i cried um, four times and everybody i know is giving me absolute crap for it. Yeah, I won't give no, you crap for it, but I actually sad. do have a thought on that. I mean, like, it's, it's happy sad. I am well, a sucker for emotional movies, and yeah. like during the course of the movie, yeah, there were a lot of emotional moments. Like when it first dropped, that they were in different time periods, mm-hmm. and in his time period, she was dead. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> when it first dropped, <laughs> oh no! Um. Look, you. <laughs> so yeah, I was feeling it then, and I was feeling it when she was after they met. And she was running to try to save her town from being nuked. Or rather, save the people in the town because yeah. the town was about to be nuked. And then she falls, sees, instead of his name, he wrote, I love you. And I was I like... I lost it. I Me lost too. it too. And I was just like, that is sweet, but you're a freaking idiot. Because you could have you could have saved yourself so much strife I if know. you had just written your name. Or exactly. like, this is my name, I love you. But hey, guess what? It worked yeah. out. Exactly. It, wor- it worked out, but... <laughs> I'm towards for, the I'm end, I'm looking for Mr. Skida. Yeah. <laughs> but towards the end, um, I knew I should be feeling like emotional, but I was so frustrated mm. because they had that miss on the bridge, and then they saw each other on the train, and I was like, "Come on, find each other. You can do this. No, go left. Go left. Find her. Find her." <laughs> I was just getting so frustrated, and I was like, "I swear to God, if they don't find each other by the end of this movie, I'm going to be so angry." It was like Google Maps. Yeah. Right, and then they passed each other on the stairs, and I was like, "Turn around, turn around." <laughs> and then when they did, I wasn't feeling happy. I was like, a, like frustratingly yeah. relieved. I was yeah, like, yeah. "Good." Film end. You're happy. And you know what? That's the sign of a well-directed film because it made you feel things. I know, yeah. Um, Funny, funny side story. Uh, Right before it reveals that uh, Mitsuha died, I leaned over to Austin and I was like, she's dead, isn't she? (laughs) (laughs) Just just as a complete joke. Just as a complete joke. And then turns out, yeah, she was dead. And I was like, oops. It (laughs) It was my fault. I killed her. I'm pretty sure actually Marissa did the same thing to me. She just turned to me and was like, she dead. And I was like, (laughs) that would suck. Uh, oh boy, that boy did we know. Yeah. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> I think that's not the movie we're watching. Uh-oh. Well, yeah. see, I, I went in, like, knowing nothing about the movie. I didn't watch Same. any of the trailers. All I saw were some of the key art, um, pieces of key art, but it was the one where they were just, like, standing away from each other, looking up at the sky, and have the title. Um, so I was really confused when the comet stuff started happening, because <laughs> I thought it was just going to be, like, a lighthearted, so like, like these two teenagers are switching bodies and it's going to be this like lighthearted fun thing. And then I was like, God, I was terribly wrong. <laughs> I knew something happened when it was revealed that she cut her hair just uh-huh. off screen and very like anticlimactically. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is a twist for some reason. I'm not sure of yet. Yeah. I thought she was just a rebel. Like she had been influenced well, by Taki in the city. So well, she's like, you know what, man, this is a bunch of BS. Well, the other thing well, was also she wasn't wearing her ribbon. Yeah. Which was yeah. later revealed because she threw it at Taki right. when she tried to go meet and him. And I was like, oh, it's the same ribbon. Oh my god. And right. um, like hair cutting as a as a theme as a film theme is is typically like renewal or rebirth or changing transformation. Or transformation. Or some sort, um, yeah. Um, 
because I mean in in the world of film like most of the time filmmakers think in in symbols um, not all of them but but a lot of them do and they will they wouldn't and everything in a film is done like especially in an anime film is done with purpose because it has to be planned out ahead of time there are no like improvisations really when it comes to anime right so uh, especially in an animated film there's a lot of like uh, symbolic gestures like that and um, that's definitely one of them and well, you see that a lot in, in uh, Asian films because that's part of like cultural symbol and rebirth things and all that Mulan. right and um yeah Mulan for one and also it in hi- <laughs> historically in Chinese culture it's a sign of dishonor if mm-hmm. you cut off your hair and I know Andrew will back me up on this that one scene in Avatar The Last Airbender uh, the beginning of season two where Iroh and Zuko cut no. off their ponytails because they were now fugitives. Mm-hmm. That was like hugely symbolic. Right. Not only because the Fire Nation was representative of Chinese people mm-hmm. and it, no, like they were them, Japanese. Oh, they were? Yeah. I thought Fire Nation was Chinese. Well, well the, the, the cutting hair is still... It, yeah, the, the, that, that the cutting hair was still symbolic yeah, of them being dishonored. Yeah. And also, again, like, uh, film-wise, thematically, it was them transforming and from like royalty to being dishonored and uh fugitives right well yeah um definitely um let's see so kind of getting ourselves wrapped up here uh, a little bit um so does this this film we all knew about this film literally months and months before we all actually saw it Mm -hmm. um i remember keeping it up keeping up with like anime news networks um, projections of sales for tickets like every single mm-hmm. week yep. and hearing like your name tops XYZ at the box office your name has another excellent weekend your name makes all this money your name goes to China and makes all this money and all this <laughs> Why stuff am I, not your name? I also I remember um, when we were trying to organize the uh, Japanese club uh, group trip to your name we weren't sure if we were going to have to travel a long distance and myself and Jesse were checking uh, the Funimation website, like, every two days to see if they got a theater close to us. And, like, two days before the showing, which, unfortunately, Austin and Tori and Ray bought tickets out for out of town. It was fine. And, like, almost an hour and a half away. But it was fine because we made a nice Raleigh? road trip out of yeah. it. It was yep. Durham. We made a nice oh, okay. road trip out of it. We got to eat some great ramen at mm-hmm. a restaurant that's named after me. <laughs> and we had a great time. Yes. Well, yeah, it's it, it was still fun, I'm sure. But um, we were we were all relieved to find that it was coming locally to mm-hmm. us because that meant we didn't have to all pack into cars and split gas money and we could go down the street and pay $6.50 for a ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is incredibly cheap. Yeah. We did have those really nice like reclining seats mm-hmm. though. Not the first time. Actually in... Um, no, we did. We did. Oh, you did. Not you. Yeah. The first... Not, not you, Ryan. You member <laughs> of the, <laughs> the, the proletariat. <laughs> I went to see it twice on opening weekend. I saw it once Friday, which was the mm-hmm. dub, and I saw it once Saturday, which was the sub. Mm-hmm. The dub was so packed on Friday, and everybody was complaining because they stuck us in the art house, mm-hmm. which was very hot. Ooh. And wait, it was, wait, is that the little baby one? Yeah. I love that. God, we love, I love it too normally, babies. but like it was totally full. And so they were like, okay... <laughs> There's a lot of people interested in this. We're going to move this to a normal theater and still charge you the art house prices. So I was like, normal seats for, you know, okay, that's totally fine with me. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really great. Before Ryan unknowingly interrupted me in the middle of my question, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, following your name and seeing its success for months on end, um, 
at least in my perspective, gave me a uh, perspective that, you know, this is really something special, and I had great expectations going into it. I was really worried that it was going to be disappointing, um, because I just... I, would, I just had that feeling deep down, but then I kept thinking, like, I'm just going to go in with it with no expectations or anything. So do you guys, in your personal thoughts, we'll start with you, Andrew, we'll go okay. around. Do you think the hype for your name impacted your enjoyment of it in, at all? So I think... For the imp- good or the bad. So I think it impacted, in a way, um, my desire to go see the movie, because I'm not really one that will, like, line up to see something that everyone else is, is going to see, just because, it, for me, it kind of spoils the... The, mm-hmm. you know the magic of it like you didn't discover that movie it, it it kind of became so popular it was almost inevitable to go see it like whenever i first heard about it i kind of imagined it would evoke like you know ghost in the shell got all those terrible headlines from like yeah. Fox and all that i imagined something like you know your name so much shame or something <laughs> like, you know like something pretty bad but, shame. but i think i think as far as the hype goes um i think it is actually pretty deserving of that yeah um, i mean you know uh, I guess I'll add this little anecdote uh, briefly since you know I'm I'm talking, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, but I I have this awful habit you know every time I go to the movies I get so dang angry at it because you know, like <laughs> like you know I'm I'm a writer right and and whenever I see these movies just like doing everything right I it makes me so irrationally angry I'm like because because I know that like I won't be able to do that like it was just so good and so I love Beauty and the Beast you know, like, oh, you know, feeling like crap. And your name did that, too, so I guess that sounded a good movie. I felt like crap afterwards. So if, Van- <laughs> so if Andrew feels bad after a movie, go see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah literally. And, and that's actually the same theater, like, the same art house where I saw Evangelion 3.33 in the dub. Oh. Yep. <laughs> the dub awesome. that we'll, we'll never see the light of day again. Gosh. Shout out to that old Funimation They dub. did two dubs. Oh, they had to, okay. had to redo it. Long story, anyway. <laughs> Tori, same Tell question. me later. <laughs> yeah. um, that's why I specifically, like, avoided reading anything about it, except seeing the occasional, like, article of, like, hey, this movie's top ticket sales again. Um, which, I mean, that's vague enough that it doesn't really give away whether it's a good film or a bad film, because, I mean, there's been plenty of bad films that have sold many a ticket. Um, boss baby. <laughs> yeah, boss Basically baby. the same movie. If there was like some like fifty year old Alec Baldwin somewhere. No, it was really funny because the other day after we came out of the English showing, I was just like, "Hey, now that we've done that, we should go see Boss Baby." No. And he Man. proceeded to tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, but yeah, that's why I specifically like avoided anything because I didn't want to. I try not to expect anything from anything or anybody ever. That way, if I'm let down, <laughs> it's it's not their fault but my fault. It's like that quote from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. It's just like I, I expected nothing, and I'm still let down. Can <laughs> right, we like, right. insert that on the YouTube video? <laughs> uh, put in the maybe pile. <laughs> but, but um, um, yeah, go ahead. I was just so like bad phrasing, but I was just so blown away, and she was too, because she got hit by a comet. But Stop. <laughs> no, she didn't. She survived. No, no, no. no. She's the, fine. She, she did get hit uh, by it. She got hit me. by a comet in the darkest timeline. It was uh, a meteor before any, like, scientific people start calling me out. Scientists? <laughs> <laughs> Man. We but, already um, established none of us are physics majors. Exactly. Um, so, Bill Nye, if you're listening, 
Uh, both, thank you for your service, and you are um, we're sorry. <laughs> you are nine. You are nine in April. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just I left the theater in like awe and just like I was almost speechless. And all I could kept saying, all I kept saying was just like, oh my god, that was so good. That was so good. That yeah. was so good. And like even leaving out of the English version, like I still had the same feeling. Like I got chills in all the same places during the same scenes, like, I still got teary-eyed during the same things I did the first time I watched it, <laughs> and I'm really excited to get it on Blu-ray so I can just watch it over and over and, and, cry, over and cry again. Me too. Um, I, the second time we went to go see it, uh, Tori and I went with my dad and my brother, and uh, my brother's an anime fan. He, his, his, He's very casual, though. Yeah, his, but his his real interest is, like, romance stuff and, like, Iyashike shows about, like, cute girls doing cute things. <laughs> um, I mean, whenever I have to sit him down and make him watch, like, a serious show, like, I really have to force him to do it. Yeah. Like, he's seen Evangelion. He absolutely loves Evangelion. Um, he's, I think he finished Psychopaths, but, like, mm. I have to, like strangle him to get him to watch dramas but he'll watch like like romance stuff like all the time but anyway <laughs> like i took him and my dad to go see your name um and my brother loved it he thought it was amazing um and i kind of expected him to because it's totally something up his alley but my dad who i regularly watch attack on titan with and has seen very few anime like really yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I watch Attack on Titan. My with mom your dad. watches yeah. Attack on Titan with me. And yeah, my I, mom makes fun of me all the time for watching <laughs> anime. <laughs> uh, my mom thinks I'm going to hell for watching anime. <laughs> no, like my my dad really enjoys Attack on Titan, God. but um um anyway, like I I told my dad I'm just like, "Hey, I I know you don't really watch a lot of anime, but this is like if you watch any anime movie, like you need to see this one and you need to see it in theaters and my dad like he loved it he thought it was amazing and um he goes to uh Japan periodically um and has friends over there that work um uh that he works with like through his company and he turned to me and said like uh something like if i mention this movie to like my japanese colleagues like are they going to know what i'm talking about and i'm just like uh yeah more than likely yeah they're probably going to at least have heard of it or or maybe even have seen it it's um, one of the most successful movies in Japan mm-hmm. of this year, so yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah, definitely. But um, just just to put it in my dad's perspective, who's like, uh, he's definitely not in our age range or our he's generation. A dad. He's a dad, exactly. Yeah. But just like he enjoyed it so much, like this is like truly a, one of the cross generational things that can be enjoyed by people of really any age um, or any like whether you like anime or not. I just gotta, uh, before I give my thoughts on it, I just gotta, like, confess my shock real quick that Austin's dad is a, is a dad. Like, that just kind of blew my mind right now. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um, but I didn't look up anything for the movie either until, like, two days before once we had decided that we're gonna go because it was local. And that's when um, Jesse, our friend Jesse, showed the trailer to our Japanese club. And that was the first time I had seen it. And Mm -hmm, thankfully, it really didn't give anything away. The only thing that I gathered is, yeah, this is going to be like a love story. So I was cool with that. I like love stories. But besides that, I was really glad that I hadn't looked anything up because it would have affected Mm -hmm. the impact of it. (laughs) Because I read a lot of comics and it's very difficult to not get spoiled on comics online when you read as much about them as I do which I should probably stop reading about them until I read them, (laughs) but it lessens the impact of, like, a twist or something. Mm -hmm. So I was really glad I didn't look anything up. And the hype definitely impacted my choice to see the movie because I probably wouldn't have even known about it or wanted to go see it if I hadn't heard just raving reviews about it and saying it was, like, 
the best movie of like our time essentially and one of my friends went to um a smash bros tournament out west and he said that the movie was on his flight so he got to see it before basically any of us oh man and he he said it was totally worth it Mm -hmm. um but yeah it i I definitely recommend it and i actually just looked up uh as we were doing this because i was curious about the if there was any news about the blu-ray release date there is not an official firm date but it says that pre-orders are going to be starting to fill in on amazon on October 30th of this year. So nice. I'm for, expecting for the Blu-ray of Yeah, I know, but for Japan or the US? UK actually. But oh, I don't freaking care. I'll import it. <laughs> right. I'm I'm assuming the US will be around that time. Yeah, more but likely. Likely it's probably mm-hmm. going to drop mm-hmm. um on Blu-ray around the holiday season. One yeah. thing that all anime fans need to know in case you're curious, if there is not a Blu-ray release for it released in Japan, it is not going to be released on Blu-ray in the United States, and that goes for all titles. So if you want something to be on Blu-ray, it has to come out on Blu-ray in Japan first, and that's just the way the industry works. So that's a just a fun little side comment, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend Your Name. It's still out in theaters as of the recording of this podcast, so check the Funimation website. You can plug in your zip code, and it'll tell you the nearest theater to you that is showing it. And just just do it. See it sub or dub. Both are absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. I Certainly. wouldn't be surprised if they did an extended run. I it's already an extended run. It Is was it? Al- it was only supposed to go for two weeks. Oh, because it's yeah. an anime movie. And yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember that that uh, Madoka only had like three days. Yeah, yeah. yeah when I went to Madoka see... was just a weekend when that came yeah. out. Right when I went to see the Attack on Titan live films, they only did them for like a day. Mm-hmm. And I saw the I saw uh, the last Naruto the last Naruto the movie. <laughs> That's always really difficult to like yeah. say. <laughs> I saw that um, at Rollywood when that was showing, and that was a very very short lived because it was basically just for Naruto fans because <laughs> the series had just ended and it was giving us closure. You know, I think we all should be super grateful that we live in such a time where we get like such a huge swath of anime films in American theaters. Like mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. it's amazing. And sometimes get anime before the Japanese fans, like with um with uh, uh Space Dandy. Thank you, Space Dandy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And real quick, final thought from me. Um, my roommate downloaded an illegal copy of Your Name months ago. And got arrested. No. <laughs> that he's, would be... He's, that would, he's, uh, he's dead now. Yeah, that would be tragic. But no. Um, peace, Kevin. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, because I knew the hype was so big, to say, no, I don't want it. I'm going to wait. Good. <laughs> would you steal a car? <laughs> would we'll you download a car? I would, actually. I would. Would so. you download a car? <laughs> Does anybody have any uh, final thoughts? I don't think so. I mean, just get a hold of this movie, folks. Like, go see it in theaters while you can. Like, really enjoy that audience experience watching it with, um, like, watching this movie with uh, a crowd because um, I think that's a really special experience. And you know, when you can do that with an anime film, like, it's it's even more unique because it's it's easy to go out and watch like Boss Baby in theaters God. because it's <laughs> it's playing everywhere. You it's know not what I mean? Easy. <laughs> you know what I mean, but like, definitely if if your name is coming to your town, if it's near you, go see it. Same with anime movies, like just go support the release because you know these companies are doing it for you. They're putting it out there for you, so make sure to take advantage of that and be grateful for it because it's really awesome. So so, um, so one last yeah. thought. 
I think that Funimation or Great Eastern or whoever is doing like merchandising for this would be so stupid to not release limited edition ribbons. That'd be yeah. great. Oh, <laughs> like I just had that thought, and I'm like just a like, braided Lord. cord. Yeah, 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 like that would that would sell so much, yeah. and, and like if you charge like ten bucks for each of those babies, and mm-hmm. Lord, they would make another million. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. The next time I go to a con, if I see people cosplaying um, Taki and Mitsuha, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna cry. I'm gonna cry too. Yeah, <laughs> like I usually don't like ugu super hard over films <laughs> but like honestly i really can't think of anything about this film that i have a huge problem with like mm-hmm. obviously no film is perfect every every film has their flaws every anime has their flaws but this one like i don't know i, I can't find any really i'm sure they will become self-evident at some point but i absolutely love this film and i think you guys really feel the same way so mm-hmm. yep any other closing thoughts guys go watch it Yep. Go watch it. Go that, watch we it. basically just have to say go watch see it. See it as many times as you can see it because if you keep purchasing tickets to anime movies, that means we get more anime movies and yeah. And <laughs> it's great. the official release because it was a great hit. <laughs> oh boy. And with that, that is all for this episode of Borderline Podcasts. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, sorry if we sound a little off our rocker. It's been really rainy here lately, I'm sick, probably. and we're all kind I of slept all day. So. Yeah, we're all we're all a little bit out of it, and it's very very <laughs> late right now. So just bear with us. I hope we had a, at least a few decent thoughts in this episode. I'm saying my goodbye early because I must use the restroom. Okay, <laughs> bye, Tori. Goodbye. And so, from um, all of us here at Borderline Panels, we love you. Yes, we love so you, and also. If you wouldn't download a bear, why would you download a movie? <laughs> Honestly, downloading bears sounds dangerous. I mean, uh, yeah, for real, though. Oh, bother, as Pooh would say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, guys. We will see you in the next episode. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook and follow us all on our Twitters if you want to see our random anecdotal thoughts about anime. Memes. Or memes or whatever you want from us. Um, and um, whoa, we have a new website out. Um, whoa, yeah, I was just about, I was just about to say that if you didn't. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's still kind of under construction, but there's there's a lot that you can look at for now, and it it gives you information about where we're gonna be. And uh, we actually found out in the middle of this podcast that we're going to be appearing at Animazement this year in whoa. Raleigh, followed by Asheville Anime Regional Con for a day in july we're yeah. gonna have to change the logo yeah uh, change, the, change the cover stupid marissa doing God. well at getting a panel marissa, accepted rambu, man. yeah we're we're very proud of marissa for getting her panel accepted and for you know rep repping the team at uh animazement this year we're all too cheap to go yeah <laughs> yeah maybe maybe next year this will be the first animazement i've missed in a very long time which is yeah. very sad hopefully i mean we i might make it down there for a day but spoiler anyway. alert though the reason that none of us are going to animazement is because we are all going to be up at the kingdom hearts concert in new york city and we need to save money Boy. so expect a <laughs> podcast about that in the oh, near future yes. like and by like the a, near future i mean in june an illegal recording probably from someone's <laughs> cell phone made in 1994 probably <laughs> I think out of all of us, Andrew has lost it the most today. <laughs> Probably. LOL. We're also recording this like after midnight. Yeah, so sorry guys if we're a little bit more dis- disoriented than uh, than usual, but we love you anyway and you hope and we hope that you uh, that you come back very, very soon and we will see you on the flip side, guys. Signing off and cue the ending theme. Bye. Bye.